We saw Rashawn Gary announce that he's not going to be playing in the bowl game. I have complete respect for that decision, but yes. I do wonder who else we'll see now to make similar announcements. Maybe Devin Bush in the coming days. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I say Devin Bush would not surprise me. Maybe maybe David Long. We'll see if he comes back or not. Yeah. Let's get the young guys some reps for sure. Yeah, yeah that, it will be nice for the um, for the young guys to get right. some experience. But Par- parting believe... parting note: North London is red. I I don't I don't know what that means. <laughs> but you have to explain it to me another time. Okay, thank you everyone so much for listening, and thank you again, Owen and Nick and uh, Lucas for joining me. And as always, you're listening to WCBN 88.3 FM Ann Arbor. Go blue. Music. Well, hello, good evening, and after that startling but brief musical poke, it's time for Gray Matters. Uh, my name is Jim Dwyer, and welcome to the program. Dick Whaley still away on a, a fab- family-related sabbatical, and uh, he will rejoin the program later this month. Here we are, finding ourselves in the final month of 2018 it's remarkable how quickly the years go as they tick by and here is yet another one some might say mercifully at an end well the story dominating the news uh of the last day or two and probably going to continue uh, on into the next couple of days is of course the passing of the 41st president of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush. Uh, not the only president to have appeared on The Simpsons. Well, he didn't really appear on The Simpsons because that was not himself doing the voice. <clears throat> I don't think a, a president has ever appeared in that regard on The Simpsons. But uh, he did, of course, famously appear as a character on the program after having Uh, denounced the program in a roundabout way, which was back at that time a new program on a somewhat new network. It's kind of strange to realize that the emergence of the uh, H.W. Bush presidency was sort of uh, right along the same time as the Fox uh, network was getting up and running. Uh, That, you know... uh, a development that has certainly been a dynamic changer in American politics and media. But H.W. Uh, Bush uh, openly opined that uh, it's too bad that uh, there weren't more families like the Waltons than there were the Simpsons. In other words, oh, look what our country has come to. Uh, smart alecky kids. Um Obviously, The Simpsons is a satire, and no family is is really quite like that, I I don't think. Um, But uh, Bart Simpson got the final word on that, saying, well, we've got more in common than uh, the president may realize. Uh, We're both living during a depression. Obviously, the uh, depression that the uh, Waltons was set during was the Great Depression, Uh, but... You know, sarcasm, satire, they find their targets um, as they arise. Um, So I really don't want to talk too much about H.W. Bush, um, 
partly in the spirit of Demortuous Nil Nisi Bonum, which means say nothing but good of the dead. Uh, but in the current climate and context, it's another opportunity, as we saw earlier this year, uh, with the passing of Senator John McCain, for the nation, uh, or at least the uh, institutions of the nation, to sort of uh, take stock and pause and go, gee, uh, we're certainly living in a different age uh, where presidents campaign nonstop throughout the time in which they are supposed to be governing. And, of course, you know, the worst bully on The Simpsons could be held up favorably as a role model uh, to the current occupant of chief executive of the United States. Um, I think it's interesting that as far as H.W. Bush's funeral arrangements were concerned, uh, the current president was not disinvited. Uh, he was sort of discouraged to attend the funeral for Barbara Bush. Um, it was explicitly mentioned in John McCain's funeral request notifications that I do not want that guy anywhere near this thing. Uh, and that's understandable because some of the things that Trump said about John McCain uh, regardless of personality conflicts, were some of the most appalling, uh, insensitive, and offensive things that could ever be said to or about somebody who had suffered the brutality and indignities of being a prisoner of war in the Vietnam conflict. Uh, whatever you thought about that war, for the record, in my opinion, clearly it was a mistake that was, you know, dragged on well past the point of realization. Uh, whatever your disagreements with John McCain were, of course, down here on Gray Matters, we had many, uh, often mocking him for campaigning without a space helmet. Uh, gee, Dave, you're going to find that difficult. Uh, <clears throat> but, I mean, to say the kind of things that Trump said about, uh, oh, he's a loser, he was captured, um, that's just appalling and remarkable. So understood. Uh, kind of an interesting development for uh, there to be no explicit we do not want you here um, element regarding Trump at the H.W. Bush funeral uh, proceedings. Uh, he's, of course, lying in state at the moment in uh, the Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C., and, you know, sometimes a ceremony is a is a good thing for a nation to pause, reflect. And though I'm sure when Dick Whaley returns, we'll have ample opportunities to sort of reexamine some of the failings, uh, missteps, blunders, etc. of the George H.W. Bush presidency. I'll just quickly whip in a few here parenthetically. Uh that I'm not going to talk about today, but just are worthy of uh, contemplation. You won't hear a lot of references to these on what's essentially, you know, official hagiography for the current news coverage cycle. And again, I understand that. I get it. It is a former president. He was 94 years old. The guy lived a life of public service. Uh, I totally get the idea of respect and solemnity. 
But hist- history is a complicated bag of contradictions and uh, turmoil. Uh, what's the James Joyce quote? History is a nightmare from which I am trying to uh, awake. Um, that makes a lot of sense in this certain context. Uh, the Iran-Contra scandal and the uh, resultant pardons uh, that emerged from H.W. Bush's presidency regarding key figures in that scandal. Um, the Manuel Noriega controversy uh, in which a military operation entitled Just Cause, which many here on WCBN joked at the time was short for Just Because, uh, that resulted in large-scale civilian death uh, in Panama simply because Manuel Noriega had said in an interview, I got George Bush by the cojones. Well, we can't have that. Uh, The ugly, uh, vicious, and uh, (laughs) racist campaign uh, sloganeering of Lee Atwater in the 1988 race and the uh, Willie Horton campaign, uh, pretty pretty ugly stuff, certainly a harbinger of campaign styles to come. And the mixed signals that were sent to Saddam Hussein regarding uh, Iraqi attempts to occupy, possess, and annex Kuwait uh, that led to the uh, Gulf War. Uh, Mixed signals sent confusingly by then-Ambassador April Glaspie, Mixed messages being sent by the uh, Bush administration at that time. And, of course, uh, the the Bush family has long had many ties to the Saudi royal family, which I don't think he'll be invited to the funeral, the the current crown prince. He's um, too busy trying to shake off those accusations of cold-blooded murder, which seem fairly well-documented. And also still basking in the glow of his Argentine high five with Pootsie Wootsie. That was the most striking image from the entire G20 conference in Argentina, <clears throat> in my opinion, was that very smug, smiley, chest thumping bro high five between Vladimir Putin and Crown Prince uh, of Saudi Arabia. We'll talk about that later, too. Um, But having listed a few things that I'm sure Dick and I will talk about in greater detail uh, regarding the legacy of uh, George H.W. Bush uh, and his presidency, uh, certainly he uh, had a life in public service. There's there's no disputing that. Um, I will mention a couple things that I see as positive uh, elements or attributes uh, of his presidency. <clears throat> for one thing, regarding the, the Gulf War, uh, he assembled what was, in true fact, an actual coalition uh, that included a variety of Arab nations. It wasn't a coalition of the so-called willing, which is what uh, W. Bush had to call his ham-fisted attempt to pull together uh, a coalition that included like 17 Polish soldiers and couple of guys from Estonia, uh, just a real illusion of a coalition. The, the first Gulf War actually did assemble uh, 
what you could call really uh, an actual coalition. H.W. Uh, Bush made a pretty serious distinction between campaign rhetoric and actual governance. Most famously, of course, in his read my lips, no new taxes comment. Yay, there were great cheers. Well, once president, the facts presented themselves that, oh, crap, uh, if we don't have some sort of new taxes, then the debt's going to escalate beyond control. And we can't afford to do the things that America has put itself in the position to do vis-a-vis the world and its operations and democratic institutions and uh, purported support for for same. Uh, so he actually raised taxes. Well, that's probably what cost him the election in uh, 92, although the uh, H. Ross Perot third party candidacy definitely cut deeply into his support. But that was one of those elections where it was a sort of a generational transition moment. And, uh, you know, H.W. Bush is the last World War II veteran, uh, service veteran to um, be the president of the United States. So we are passing uh, that hallmark as well. Uh, I would also uh, give George H.W. Bush credit for the Oslo peace process, at least an attempt at a peace process. He and his Secretary of State, James Baker, who had some very disturbing connections to fundamentalist uh, Christian uh, apocalypse scenario uh, belief structures to make me ever truly comfortable with him. But James Baker and H.W. Bush were the first presidents willing to actually hold the Israelis' feet to the fire a little bit with regards to some negotiating tactics and saying, look, you have to acknowledge and recognize Yasser Arafat and the PLO as the representatives of the Palestinian people, and we're not going to continue to fund new settlements until you agree to sit down and work out some security details, which eventually happened. So I believe that they deserve credit for that. Um, and the last thing on my list of, uh, what I'm going to call positives, uh, from the HW Bush political, uh, the presidency, uh, is a simple image that doesn't even involve the president himself. Uh, but instead his, uh, wife, Barbara Bush, who passed away earlier this year, um, and it was simply the, uh, very simple, and uh, intensely emotionally powerful image of this matronly elder woman uh, holding a small child to her bosom, uh, and it was an AIDS baby. Nancy Reagan, of course, uh, the Reagan administration mishandled the AIDS crisis horribly. Nancy Reagan had her just say no to drugs thing. Uh, Nancy Reagan was some sort of, excuse me, skeletal freak, uh, who frightened uh, many people, including, I'm sure, a number of children. Um, but that simple gesture of Barbara Bush holding an AIDS baby as though it were just a, a regular baby, just a baby who needs love and affection and attention, that single image, I think, did more to relax people's anxieties about HIV, AIDS, than buckets and boatloads of rhetoric. And so, again, that's a human touch. 
these are sometimes the things that uh, punch through the BS of politics and ultimately are the most important things is when a president or somebody in that presidential circle can simply be human. And I think we've seen that throughout history at various times. I think most compellingly for me in recent years was when President Obama actually broke down in tears uh, at a microphone uh, talking about the cold-blooded murder of small children in uh, the Sandy Hook school uh, massacre. Um, just what else can you do but cry at something like that? So that was a very human moment. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of <clears throat> human moments under the current tenure. Uh, although what a busy and active week it was last week, for sure. So I let me just wrap up my comments on H.W. Uh, Bush and we'll move on to sort of a last week in review section of the program. <clears throat> but uh, the death of H.W. Bush, uh, while not unexpected, he was 94, uh, certainly arrives uh, as much welcome news break for Fox News and for Donald Trump, uh, because this takes the, the Mueller probe and the Cohen um conversations out of the news media for a couple of days gives everybody something warm and fuzzy to think about instead and uh, we'll see what emerges when all the smoke is cleared from this um, it's also going to be an awkward uh, transition as during the McCain funeral so many uh, contrasts and comparisons will be made between uh, the political style of the current occupant and past occupants of the White House, uh, especially regarding what does it really mean to, to have a life in public service? Uh, I don't remember if Nixon lay in state. I don't think he did. I believe it occurred um, at the Nixon Museum in California, where the official funeral was there, if I remember correctly. Although then President Bill Clinton did speak at it. Uh, you didn't see quite the hullabaloo that you got with Reagan's funeral or Gerald Ford's funeral. Uh, presidential funerals are big deals. Uh, they're ceremonial, as historian John Meacham opined on television this afternoon. Uh, it's the majesty of state um, is what's on display. And I, for example, can remember, I think I was in fourth grade. This would have been in 1972 when... President Harry S. Truman passed away. I still remember watching that on uh, television in the classroom. Fourth graders, you know, I was interested in history, so I at least knew who Harry Truman was. But I'll bet you most of my classmates didn't. Um, but these are, you know, moments of living history and the era in which you live, you participate in, or you should participate in, and... These are the uh, passings of uh, those who've lived in our era. Uh, will Donald Trump ever receive this kind of uh, regal splendor in a presidential funeral? One can only guess. I suppose a lot depends on how the next uh, six to eight months play out. Uh, I think I'm not alone in saying that... Uh, I'd be perfectly fine with a hefty bag just placed at the side of the curb. Um, and maybe somebody could play. Doot, 
on a kazoo, and that would be a more than adequate state funeral for senior clown pants. But that is merely my opinion, although you might share it. At any rate, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Gray Matters. week certainly was an eventful one with regards to uh, the Mueller investigation. Uh, The week began with details emerging about the plea agreement that Paul Manafort and his lawyers had struck up with special counsel's office had collapsed. And the question was, gee, that's strange. I wonder why. What could have gone wrong? Uh, Is this a setback for the Mueller investigation? Well, unlikely, um, but the fact that Manafort was apparently double-dealing here and uh, through his lawyer giving information from the sort of questions he'd been asked about to Trump's lawyers, and of course Giuliani, who is probably up for an award for one of the worst lawyers of all time, Although I don't think he's actually a lawyer. I think he's playing a guy who plays a lawyer on TV. Why you would openly admit uh, and in public to such things is really startling. Uh, unprecedented is the term that uh, mildly depicts the scenario. Um, now, joint defense agreement is common between uh, people who are under investigation or uh, going to be charged and tried for crimes. Uh, But once one of the participants in a uh, defense uh, joint information sharing agreement announces, well, I'm going to cooperate now with the prosecution. I'm going to throw myself in the mercy of the court and provide what information I have to uh, bring the facts to light. Uh, Typically, all those previous agreements are severed. Uh, The fact that Manafort continued to work both sides of the aisle, to me, speaks to just incredible hubris 
I don't think he ever thought it was a matter of like, will I get away with this? It's just when you have lived for so many years through fraud and scamming, it's just how you roll. It wasn't like it was even a conscious decision like, oh, this is bad if we get caught. I wonder what could happen. Maybe we shouldn't do it. No, it's just like, oh, of course, we'll lie to everybody and just try to weasel our way through. That's how this guy has uh, survived for so long. All the talk about uh, a pardon is uh, most comical. Uh, watching Jerome Corsi uh, supplicate himself on Fox News. Oh, I don't expect a pardon. I wouldn't. I, I don't think I'm going to get a pardon. I I, uh, I certainly don't expect one. Um, how many ways can you ask for a pardon without asking for a pardon? I but, beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. I never promised you. Uh, oh, the Rose Garden. Um, Corsi, and by the way, uh, Corsi is described in the media as a conservative author. I'm not sure the term author is one we want to use. Author is a, a, a term for a writer, obviously, but it implies authority. Uh, the, the composer of a text has mastery and control over the content. Uh, Jerome Corsi is a BS artist. He is a scandal monger. He is a fabricator. Uh, he's more of a fictional author than an authoritative historian. Uh, he's partly to blame for that whole bizarre swift boat campaign that troubled John Kerry's candidacy. Uh, I think John Can uh, Kerry had some, you know, he wasn't the warmest, most charismatic fellow. I think personality was part of his trouble uh, in seeking the presidency. Uh, but uh, Jerome Corsi and the swift boating were certainly no help. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of Muller Street, uh, Michael Cohen's been very cooperative and has been giving hours and hours and hours of testimony to four separate investigations in three separate uh, federal court districts and with uh, special counsel Robert Mueller. This is the one Trump is, is openly talking about. I'm not pardoning him. He's a jerk. Uh, this is the interesting one because what emerged last week, it's hysterical that the uh, negotiations for the Trump Tower in Moscow carried on all through 2016. And one of the details that emerged was that Oh, there was going to be a deal. One of the scenarios was the top floor of Trump Plaza was going to be a gift to Pootsie Wootsie. Well, Trump's notoriously cheap, and some have scoffed at the idea that he would give something away like that. But you know he'd give it to Pootsie Wootsie because he's special friend. Um, I can't wait for the full story to come out on that one. Nancy Pelosi, of course. Uh, won the nomination to be the next uh, Speaker of the House, uh, despite kind of a weird um, headline in the New York Times that said, uh, this was on Thursday, uh, Pelosi nominated as House Speaker uh, betrays hint of a rebellion, because I think 32 uh, voted against her. Uh, I don't know why they're couching it quite in those terms, because when the current Speaker of the House was elected, that would be Paul Duh. Ryan, 
D is for duh. I don't know what this job entails. Um, the, the margin against was significantly higher, and yet the headlines at the time did not say anything about hints of a rebellion. If there's been anything like a rebellion within the Paul Ryan camp, it's within his own spiritual center. Um, this guy has collapsed and has proven to be one of the weakest, most ineffective, and ignoble speakers of the House this country has ever endured. Um, his shameful disregard for the recklessness of his party's choice for presidency uh, and the, the way that he has just bent to the will of this very unqualified president is startling at best. Uh, in fact, this afternoon, I'll end the program on a brain damage note for Paul Ryan. Uh, just, I think, an hour and a half ago while I was preparing my notes at home for the program today, I watched Paul Ryan speak at the rotunda of the United States Capitol uh, before the casket of George H.W. Bush. And this is what Paul Ryan said, quote, we have no more solemn duty than to bury a great patriot. Close quote. Well, I can think of one duty that is more solemn than even burying a great patriot, Paul. And that's just this. Uphold your oath to protect and defend the Constitution. Not your party. The Constitution of the United States of America. What the future holds for Nancy Pelosi, I don't think she's going to, uh, you know, she's getting older, but she's very uh, experienced and very effective. Uh, I suspect that she'll hold that position for two years. And should the Democrats be fortunate enough to retain leadership in the House, that she would uh, be willing to pass the baton. We are reaching that generational shift moment where there's a whole lot of new blood coming into the political system. People are realizing and waking up to the fact that this is not a spectator sport. You can't just sit back and let other people do it, because if you just sit back and don't take an active interest and involvement in it yourself, then sometimes the very worst elements come out to take those positions. So you don't want the Nazis to take over. Of course not. So you might have to actually get some shirts in the game, as they say, or skin in the game, if you prefer. Well, Jerry Mack is here, and Yazoo City will be calling up next. Stay tuned for high-quality programming all through the night here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Gray Matters will be back next week. But for now, contemplate this. You are the Tiger Guys from Back to 77. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yeah! We got it! I know that we got it! Tune in to WCBN. FM and Arbor Radio Beast.